Today's guest is an author, speaker, and coach who focuses on centering prayer as a means of inner transformation. He's the author of a new book titled Sitting with God, A Journey to Your True Self Through Centering Prayer. Welcome to the show, Richard. How are you doing? Great, great. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Thank you so, so much for joining me today on this episode of Mirror Talk Podcast. I really appreciate your presence here. But before we, you know, jump into a conversation, a deep conversation, like for people out there who are just listening and just tuning in, um, please, can you, you know, enlighten me on what Centering Prayer means? What is it about? And uh, yeah, can you define it to us? Sure, sure. So Centering Prayer is meditation it's two things really first it's meditation and a pra- and a, re- a practice that's a, a relationship with god because during centering prayer we can we open to the presence and actions of god within so it's silent prayer you're not speaking words and, and actually why don't i just give a quick history of how long it's been around and then i'll share how you do it that that way it'll answer what it is and and, and the history so centering prayer yes. was created in the early 1970s by three trappist monks so three catholic priests at that time they they saw other forms of meditation going on and they wanted something for the christian community so they created centering prayer to do that and then they rolled it out to the clergy and and priests, but then really to the public in general. And and then about 10 years later, an organization called the Contemplative Outreach, which has a website. So it's contemplativeoutreach.org. And that's really the main centering prayer organization. And there's a ton of resources on that site. And you could go there on that site and find groups that practice all over the world, not not just in in the United States. And of course, right now you could almost practice with anybody because everybody's talking via Zoom or, or something like <laughs> like Zoom. So yes. Centering Prayer is about 50 years old. And mm. how you do it is to start your practice, you, you sit comfortably with your eyes closed. And then to begin your silent sit, you introduce a sac- what we call a sacred word. And, and it's usually one, two, or maybe three syllables at most. So it could be God, ocean, love, Jesus, any type of word. You introduce that word interiorly to start your prayer and basically say that you're consenting to the presence and actions of God within. And then while you're sitting in silence, when you begin engaging your thoughts, and what I mean by that is if you think about what you're doing before you sit, or you begin planning what you're going to do after you sit, you begin realizing you're not really sitting with God, sitting with life at this point. You're sitting with your thoughts and your planning and your plotting. So then you reintroduce that sacred word interiorly just to come back to the present moment. And then you let go of your thoughts and let go of that sacred word. And you just do that when needed. So you're not using it as a mantra over and over again. And there are mantra-based practices. This is not one of them. So you use the sacred word when needed just to come back when you realize you're sitting with your thoughts and you're planning and you're plotting. And then the last thing I'll say about the sacred word is it doesn't have to be a word. Some people, I was an auditor. Initially, I used a word, but then, uh, and it's good for people that are more auditory people, but I realized I'm more of a visual person. So I use an image. I kind of picture an image in my mind to come back as I'm more visual. You can use your breath. And some people are afraid they'll fall asleep. So they keep their eyes open and they stare at a spot four or five feet, perhaps on the floor, just to keep themselves in the present moment. So that was kind of a a quick version of what it is and a little bit of history on on Centering Prayer.
So centering prayer is basically like a means of meditating, but has to do with you know spirituality and being con- and connecting with God or you know bonding with God in this kind of um, moment of being mindful or being um, or meditating at that moment. Right, because so it's meditation, but then really we believe, or I believe, we're opening to the presence and actions of God within. And I think of it as a reverse prayer. I'm getting myself out of the way, and I'm letting God pray in me during this time. And and that's whatever God knows I need, whether it's inner peace or calm or wisdom for tasks or nudges to get out of my comfort zone and, and do new things. And you kind of notice it after, like I've been practicing, I guess at this point for about eight years, you notice the fruits of the practice, what God has perhaps prayed in you outside of your centering prayer. So during centering prayer, you're just sitting and letting go and, and, and opening to God outside of centering prayers. You, that's when you really begin noticing, well, how, how is it changing? How is this practice changing me now that I'm showing up Know, on a daily basis, how is it changing me? And that's each person will probably know, will notice different things about it that that God is praying in them during this time, and what God wants them to do, or or how God wants them to feel, perhaps. Yes, I'm I'm really excited to you know learn about your your life journey. You know that's led you to double into, into you know sent, um, silent prayer or centering prayer. You know, you started this, um, you know, in 2013, like eight years ago right now. So is, is it possible for you to, you know, share this life journey with us? You know, what led you into coming across silent prayer of, you know, centering prayer? Sure. I guess before I even knew about centering prayer, I guess I had always been attracted to silence. I just didn't know what to do in this silence. I had read books by a gentleman by the name of Carl McCullman in 2010, 2011, or, and he talked about silence and how powerful it was. I don't remember him talking about a practice. So I, at that time, I would just sit in silence for one, two, three minutes, and it was actually pretty brutal and, and hard to do, and, but I figured I would persist. But then I, I, I stumbled across Centering Prayer. I was simply looking for a book to read in late 2013 on Amazon, and I stumbled across a book by Amos Smith called Healing the Divide, recovering Christianity's mystic roots. And as I began reading his book, he talked about a a silent prayer practice that he does called centering prayer. And then he had been doing it for about 15 years at that point. So it intrigued me because I thought, here's something I can do in the silence. So at that point, I began practicing center, dabbling in centering prayer and and then reading other books by other authors about centering prayer. And I emailed Amos on his website and we began a back and forth dialogue. And then we're actually friends at this point. We, 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 he, he's the one that actually encouraged me to write my books as he had written a couple books on his own. So yeah. that, that's, a, that's really how I found it. I, I guess silence appealed to me. And then I stumbled across a practice in a book that I was just looking for to read on Amazon. And then I began, I guess, seriously practicing centering prayer in June of 2014, where I decided I was going to jump in the centering prayer swimming pool and make it a daily practice. Yes. And before we come to the, the fruits on what you've benefited from, you know, practicing it all of these years, I'd love us to you know, quickly talk about your book, Sitting with God, which has, you know, amazing reviews on Amazon. And um, take, um, congratulations on, on all the success that your book has already, you know, accomplished already so far. So can you please tell me about, you know, your book, 
and what was the inspiration behind it? Why did you write the book for people to read? Sure, sure. So um, it was Amos's fault. I'll, I'll, bl- I'll blame, but it was a good fault that he. I guess you know we, we began our back back and forth dialogue in, in late 2013 because I just had a lot of questions and we really became friends at that point. But he mm. he challenged me to write a book. He he thought you know he his book he said was a little bit more academic and he thought I could come at it with a different approach. Um, and with my own unique approach too. So he, he actually challenged me to write a book. And what he did in early 2014, he simply said, what does centering prayer mean to you? And, and, and there was another topic in the book that um, I, I talk about is what he referred to in his book, that the Jesus paradox, Jesus being God and human at once. And what does that mean? So he challenged me just to write down sentences on what does centering prayer mean to me? What does the Jesus paradox mean to me? So I went off and did that for a couple of weeks, came back to him with 15, 16 single sentence statements. And then he, he said, there you go. There's the chapters of your book. Go write. Well, at that time, I thought he was crazy. I'd never written anything more than six or seven pages. So I decided, well, why don't I just pick one of the sentences and just begin to write a chapter? And that's mm-hmm. what I did. And then I sent him the chapter after a couple of weeks. And, and that was kind of my test of what, what will he think of this? Do I even have the skill set to do this? Can, can I write? Is it even going to be of interest to anybody? And yeah. he came back with, you know, he, he thought it made, he thought it was interesting and had a nice take. Um, and he yeah. kind of challenged me just to keep going. So at that point I realized, well, maybe I really can do this, but I need to figure out how am I going to write a book? Because that's one chapter. I, I have many chapters to write how am I going to do this? So spoke to my wife and she, mm. she was okay with it. Um, Cause at that time I had uh, two kids. Um, mm. So I decided to, uh, so I didn't take time away from the family. I was going to write it on, on Saturday morning. So I actually just disciplined myself to get up at, at about quarter to six in the morning, put on a baseball cap, grab my laptop and go to the local Starbucks because it, it opened at that time. And I had drink my coffee and I would write um, or type away on the laptop. And I did that over a couple year period every Saturday at Starbucks. And that's really, that's how the book got written. Um, it, it, and it was a great spiritual practice because many times a couple, one or, one or two of the chapters involved some research that I had to do, but a lot of the other chapters were more of me sharing my journey and, and how it's healed and transformed me and, and what, what it means to me. So it was a neat spiritual practice. I didn't know what would land on the pages of the book until I sat down and started. But, but so that's really how it started. Amos nudged me, challenged me to do it. And then once I realized I could do this, I needed to just put a plan in place, which was discipline myself to do it, but not take away time from my family. And, you know, talking about, you know, taking away time from your family and your work, um, Amos Smith wrote the forward of your book, and I was talking about how he found, he found it very nice that, you know, you were able to adapt centering prayer into your busy life, into your schedule. Like, so how, um, how, do you, how are you able to do that? How are you able to manage your time properly? Are there like some skills that you have that you could share with us, you know, or just off, um, you know, centering prayer, but, you know, organizing your life to, you know, fit in anything you want to do without saying, oh, I have no time for this. I have no time for my spirituality. I have no time for improving my finance or my personal life. How do you organize your busy life? Sure, sure. Well, the one thing about centering prayer, because as I described it, you're you're letting you're using your sacred word to let go of thoughts and emotions during the prayer time. 
what ends up happening over time is you take that same gesture or posture with you into your everyday life. So a practice like centering prayer, and for that matter, probably meditation helps you let go of thoughts and emotions that don't help you so that you can hone in and focus on the things that do. So the practice itself is just very helpful in everyday life. So if you're at work, um, you, you learn better to let go of what you don't need to do and hone in and focus on the things you need to. Or if you're trying to solve a problem at, at work, um, you're able to, you're better, it's it's easier to let go of what's not going to help you. And then, and then you begin seeing the solutions um, in front of you, whatever that, whatever that solution might be. Um, even if it's, it's a phone call or an email to someone that, you know, has, has the answer. So I, I would say one thing is clearly just the letting go of centering prayer comes with you into everyday life and really helps, helps and serves you. And then the second thing I, I I'd like to tell people is because I practice twice a day. I do it first thing in the morning when I get up to begin my day. And then I do a second sit before my lunch. So, so many people will say, I, I don't have time for, for, or they'll say, I don't have time. And particularly they'll say, I don't have time for a second sit. I'm too busy. And, and I'll just challenge them. It has a way of giving you back time and, and to do your sit. Because I notice it at the end of the day, I look back and I realize I was productive and everything got done. And it's probably because I did the second sit. I needed to kind of refill the reservoir, interior reservoir, so to speak, and continue that let go posture gesture throughout the second half of the day. So I challenge people, do your second sit. You stop what you're doing, no matter how busy you are, do your second sit, and then go back to work. And then at the end of the day, look back and realize you got done what you needed to get done and you needed that second sit. Yes, that's very beautiful. Like you're creating that time, you know, to to be silent, to have that centering prayer. And that's, you know, creates more time for you to complete your task for the day, actually. It does. It's a paradox, but, it, but, it's, but it's true. It's so true, but you have to try it for yourself. You just, you just have to trust the process and, and that it, it works if you try mm. it. it. Rather than if you don't take a second sit and you continue the second half of the day in panic mode and stress mode, you're not going to get done as many tasks because you didn't slow down and let go and calm yourself down. <laughs> That's true. And you know, your, your book, you know, um, guides us or takes us on a journey to our true self, true um, centering prayer. So I have this question, like, how can we, you know, know who we truly are? And how does centering prayer help us on this journey of discovering and becoming our true selves? Sure. So I think, I think of a true self is the person God wants me to be. Um, is, is what I think of and, and how centering prayer can help with that is because you're, you're letting go of thoughts and emotions that you might tell yourself that aren't true, such as, you know, I'm not smart enough. I can't handle this task. I don't have the wisdom for this task or I'm, I'm too old and someone younger should be doing it or I'm too young and someone with more experience should do it. We're always telling ourselves these things that are really not true. And centering prayer helps us let go of all of these and really connect with our true self, which is a person that actually is fully capable of, of doing something if, if it's something you truly want to do. And I don't think you're too old or young to, to, to do anything. Um, so that's really what centering prayer has done for me. At least it helps me get, get all the thoughts I tell myself out of the way and then let me become the person I want to be. And 
and what I also, I guess for me, what I also like to do too, is I'm, I'm a big believer in affirmations. So I'll write down single set statements of things I want to do in different parts of my life, whether it's mental, physical, um, spiritual, financial, family, personal, I'll, I'll bring them into my centering prayer sit and then let them go to God. And I, I'll let them brew with God, so to speak. And then I'll get up from my sits and then, and and I'm constantly reevaluating them and looking at them. As long as I feel good about them, um, I feel excited about them and, and they don't harm me or harm others. And um, even if they nudge me to get out of my comfort zone, it doesn't mean that I don't do it. That's a good thing. So as long as that's kind of my true self barometer, as long as they're all of that, I continue to move forward on them. Mm. Yes. Oh, that's beautiful. That means, you know, centering prayer helps you to, also affirm what you want for yourself like you know having this positive affirmation and working on your your goals for life like your personal goals and your family goals and relationship goals yes that's beautiful and you know it's so wonderful everything you've talked about up to now and now really want to know what to do like if i want to begin to um, practice centering prayer right now how do i go about it how do i start with it sure so for someone brand new what i suggest is First, take baby steps. So, the, well, the first thing I say is they'll, they'll want to know when, and, and I'll and I'll highly recommend make it the first thing you do to begin your day, and then and start small. So, if it's one minute or or five minutes, so make it the first thing you do, and just do it for one to five minutes, and, and hmm. keep at it for at least a month or so. And then, if you notice this is a practice that seems to resonate with you. Um, bump up the time and, and work your way up to 10, 15, and 20 minutes. And then I'll challenge them to add a second sit and, and do the same thing. If, if it has to be one or one, two, three, four, five minutes, do that and slowly work your second sit up to 20 minutes. So just take yeah. baby steps, um, but make it the first thing you do as you begin your day. And then once you've got the one sit down a day, add a second sit, take baby steps with, with that, with that as well. And, and then just, mm. just keep showing up. Don't judge the process. I mean, sometimes you don't want to do it. That's okay. Because part of centering prayer is you let go of those feelings of, I don't want to do it and show up anyhow. And, that, and that's okay. <laughs> yes. Well, how do I go about it? Do I, you know, sit on the floor? Do I sit on my bed? Do I lay on the bed? What should I, what should be my sitting position or my lame position at that moment? And how can I, you know, focus my mind to let go of the thoughts that, you know, that's freely coming to my, you know, my mind, for example, how do I, you know, let go of them with the sacred word, with the sacred word, for example, but how do I, you know, really effectively make use of the sacred word, for example, to let go of the thoughts, to clear my mind and to connect with, with God? Sure. Um, well, I guess what I'll tell people is you, if, if you have back issues or neck issues, it's okay to lie down. Some people can't sit it, it kind of in an upright position because it doesn't, after a period of time, maybe they're not comfortable and, and it hurts them. So it's okay to lie down if you have to lie down on your back. Um, so you can lie down on your back if you have to, uh, or you can sit upright kind of in a chair where you're you know, relatively upright and you can put your hands really on, on your hips and just kind of gently place them on your hips. Um, and so you're just kind of sitting in an upright position to really begin your practice. Um, regarding thoughts, I mean, that's really the purpose of the sacred method, whether you're using your breath or you're using a word or an interior image, 
when you engage your thoughts, when you begin noticing, there I go again with my thoughts and my planning and my plotting, you just reintroduce the sacred method to let go of your engaged thoughts. And then you let go of the method as well. And you just use that method whenever needed. And so if you have to do it over and over again, then you do it over and over again. Sometimes you don't need it and you naturally catch yourself and bring yourself back to the present. And then other times you, you notice that you're go, there's gaps and you're not using your word or your method, but you realize you didn't fall asleep. You're kind of in the spaces between your thoughts. Sometimes that happens as, as well. So it's use the sacred method when when you need it and when you notice there i go again with my planning and plotting yes uh and this will be like the basic guidelines for of um centering prayer right like or are there like some other guidelines that i want us to pay attention to when starting out yes yes i mean so that's really the practice in, in a nutshell mm-hmm. it's really you you just sit and you're opening to you're using your sacred method to open to the presence and actions of god within and you use mm-hmm. it when needed and, and, and you can put some uh, bookends, I'll call them, w- with your practice to, to make it even more of a special time. So sometimes you might want to do something right before you practice. So for me, I, I read my affirmations and give them to God and let them go to God. And then I begin my sit. So I, my my bookend is reading my affirmations. Then I do my centering prayer sit. And then my bookend on the other end is I, whatever book I'm reading um, I'll simply read for five or 10 minutes from a book that I'm currently reading after my practice. Mm-hmm. And then I get up and begin my day or, or, I, or I get up and resume my day if it's my second sit. So sometimes it's nice to have bookends to your practice, as they call them, and make the time kind of a neat, structured, special time for you. So now I've, I'm successfully sitting down, you know, in a sit- yeah with my back straight and my hands on my hips and um, I've let go of the thoughts. I'm using a sacred method to uh, you know, sweep away my thoughts and every distraction. Now, what do I expect to happen when I practice um, centering prayer? Like, um, am I supposed to feel anything? Am I supposed to hear anything? And what, what happens? Sure. Um, well, what can happen during, a lot of things can happen during centering prayer. Obviously, our racing thoughts can continue to happen. Uh, other things that can happen during centering prayers, right, you can start feeling a sense of calm, a sense of inner peace, or you can start feeling a lot of emotions because it's, when you're sitting comfortably, it becomes a safe place for all of your repressed emotions to, to come out or tension in your body to release. So that kind of stuff can happen. But what we're supposed to do during centering prayer is we are really to let go of everything. So as, as things happen, you let go of it um, because that's really what we're doing. The purpose is just to keep coming back to God and sitting with as much of God as possible without all of our own baggage. Um, so if you if you have a sense of peace and you're sitting there and you're saying this is wonderful and I'm really enjoying it, you want to let go of it because that part of the practice is, is really just letting go and just continuously coming back to God and the presence and actions of, of God with within. So I know it sounds, yeah. some people say, well, no, I want to stay in this peaceful. And, <laughs> and it's, that's just not the practice. The practice is, is to let go of everything because then at that point, you're, you're not really sitting with God anymore. You're, you're sitting with yourself and, and all of your feelings and, and your emotions. 
Yeah, yes, yes. So, you know, this um, centering prayer involves us being silent. That, that means no music, nothing, everything is just off. You are, you know, centered. You are focusing on, on connecting with God at that moment. So would you advise us to, you know, practice centering prayer alone or can it also be done in groups also? Both. And then the one thing I'll say about noise, some people, it, right, it's good. It's best to find a place that's distraction free and as quiet as possible. But depending yeah. upon where some people live, maybe it's hard to completely get away from noise. So some people will use like a white noise in the background. So they might have something in the background that sort of blocks out the louder noises in their environment. <laughs> so yeah, I, I do yeah. encourage some people, like if, if they're in an environment where it's really difficult to get away from noises in the surroundings, they might want to have some type of a white noise machine or something, like whether it's a fan or, or some other noise that's like a constant noise that can white out all the other noise. So, yeah. so I will, I will comment on that. So some people w- will use music or white out sounds when they're in that type mm-hmm. of an environment. Um, yeah. Now I'm forgetting what your question was. <laughs> <laughs> so would you advise us to you know, practice it alone okay. all, all the time or should we always <laughs> do it in groups? Can, can it be done in groups also? <laughs> sure. Uh, both really. Cause you, obviously it's a, it's a solo practice because if you're getting up in the morning and practicing um, you're doing mm-hmm. it on your own unless there's another family member with you or, or friend that lives with you that also is interested, you, you can practice with people. So um, I mentioned the contemplative outreach organization and their website, that there's tons of groups that practice centering prayer via zoom uh, in different, you know, either once a week or, or once a month. So you can practice with people because it's a nice way to have some community because some of the groups, some of them are quick. They're 30 minutes. You go on and this practice begins and then everybody leaves and, and resumes their day. But some of the groups have, they have some like socialization right before the talk. They might have a reading and they might talk about the reading and then they'll do the center and prayer sit. And then they'll have some type of community after the, the uh, center and prayer sit as well. So I, I would encourage you, it is good to do it in community too. So don't feel that you always have to just do it by yourself. You can find groups online that practice. And then as COVID as things open up more, many of these groups prior to COVID were practicing you know, at a location once a week or so, and, and it was open for people to come and, and do. So, and I've, I've done both. So I've done many Zoom groups um, and I've also um, done some groups in, in person. So it, it is powerful to sit in silence with, with others, whether it's five or 10 or 20, or even sometimes a hundred, it, it is neat yeah. just to sit in silence with, with people um, in general yes yes oh, that's true that's good that means um, one can always get like some sort of motivation from other people when one does it in groups or so like you know kind of um encouragement from them also uh, or strengthening from them or yeah bonding also with them too yeah so um you know earlier you talked about you know centering prayers like a kind of meditation that we practice also but for someone out there for example we're saying, okay, why don't I just stick with meditation? Can you like tell us like some differences why um, between meditation and centering prayer? Sure. So centering prayer is meditation, but for centering prayer practitioners, we think of it as it's also a relationship with God because we're letting go mm. of our thoughts and emotions and we're opening up to God and we're opening up to a relationship with God that's 
deeper than our thoughts, deeper than our emotions. And we're, we're opening up to God. Um, we're not God, but God is within us. I mean, we're all made in, in the divine image and, and, the, and God is within us. So really we're, we're not just meditating. We're opening up to a relationship with God beyond words, beyond thoughts, um, a God who's within us and wants to, you know, feed us what, what we need um, during this time. So it's a little bit different yeah. than chest meditation. It's really, it's really deepening a relationship with, with God. And then you notice, you notice what God has, as I said earlier, I, I think of his reverse prayer. You notice what God has prayed in you outside of your centering prayer sits, because you begin to notice, you know, how, how you have changed and how you have healed and, and how you have transformed yourself. Um, I guess Thomas Keating was really one of the main centering prayer um, leaders and he, he considered centering prayer divine therapy. It was, it's kind of a safe place to sit with God because during this time, repressed emotions come out. He considered it what he called an unloading process. When you're sitting there, suddenly emotions that you didn't, in some cases, didn't even know you repressed, start coming out. And tension in your body, and we all hold tension in our body in different places, starts being released. So when you practice over the long haul, um, it, it has to heal you and transform you. It has, it has to heal a lot of tension in our body and it has to re, you know, unload a lot of repressed emotions in us. And, and it just is free. It frees us. It, it's, it's kind of true freedom and we don't need to be in, uh, living that way. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. So, you know, apart from, you know, having this deeper relationship with God, apart from, you know, getting free from all these um, repressed um, um, emotions that we, you know, carry about, these burdens or baggages that we carry about. Um, earlier, you talked about, you know, fruits of centering prayer. Can you tell us more about the fruits, more about the benefits or power of centering prayer? Sure. So, I mean, I'll speak for myself since I've been practicing since, since I said I jumped in the centering prayer swimming pool in June of 2014. When I kind of compare myself, I think about who, what was I like before that and what am I like now and, and, and how do I continue to change? So I, I'm definitely more excited to live life. I'm definitely a more confident person. I, I'm definitely willing to push myself out of my comfort zone and try and do new things yeah, I definitely am calmer or I'm able to calm myself down quicker. And I think I'm less reactive. I'm more willing to listen to people rather than if I hear something I don't like, I'm not, I'm ready, I'm not ready to start fighting and combating that person. I'm, I'm more willing just, just to be there and listen and, and be exposed to something that maybe uh, is okay for me to hear. And I just need to be quiet and listen and not react. So I, I've noticed a, a lot of, of that in, in my life. It's, it's definitely changed me. And it, probably the biggest is, is just confidence, that confidence and then um, the courage just to do things that I never dreamed of doing, um, such as talking to you today and, and, and talking to many groups, um, church groups, book groups, prayer groups, writing the book and doing the coaching that I do. Um, it's really given me the courage to do those types of things because that, I guess it was always in me, but I was scared to do it. And or some of it, I didn't know I wanted to do it until I got rid of all the thoughts that I tell myself that that aren't helping me <laughs> and just yeah, trusted. Yeah. Really, I'm just trusting God. I'm, I'm sitting with God and then I'm walking with God 
And prior to that, I, I was not doing as much. I wasn't sitting with God and I wasn't trusting God and I wasn't even trusting myself as much. Yes. That means centering prayer transforms you from the inside out. It does. I mean, it does. It, it, it really, your, your outer world is a reflection of your, of your inner world and the things you tell yes. yourself. It, it, yes. the, the two definitely go together. And you need both. You need, your, you need a balance of silence and action. Now, it doesn't mean you need to spend 50% of your time in silence, but mm-hmm. some silence certainly has benefited me um, in my outer world. Mm-hmm. Yes. So for, for someone out there who is very passionate about discovering themselves or you know, creating a stronger bond with God, um, how would you advise such a person to go about it? You know, apart from you know, centering prayer, or with centering prayer included, how would you advise that person to also to go on this journey of discovering, discovering themselves and getting you know stronger spiritually? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a couple things. So I guess centering prayer is, is kind of my mainstay practice, but I, I do other things to help. I, 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 I mentioned the affirmations. I'm a big believer in affirmations. So I, I definitely mm. think writing down kind of single sentence statements of what you want to do, obviously a centering prayer practice, um, journaling has really been very helpful for me just to write, get, get things on my mind out on paper. And, and that could be anything. It could, I could might be journaling something that really bothered me because I just need to get it off my chest, or I could be journaling goals or journaling ideas on how I'm going to accomplish a goal. Um, mm-hmm. And that, and it also includes gratitude. Like I, I like to end my day because even when I fall asleep, I, I want to fall asleep in, in a great mood because that's going to kind of stay with me as I'm sleeping and hopefully continue when I get up the next day. So I, I always go to bed with gratitude. I'll either write it down in my iPad, typing away on the iPad, things that I'm grateful for, for the day, or I'll just kind of speak it out loud and then, and then fall asleep. So those are some practices I like to do to complement center and prayers is, is journaling affirmations and, and gratitude. Yeah. Okay. That means it's better for us to have a book by our bedside to write our thoughts down or write, you know, things that we want to accomplish in life then. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I guess I'm using so, my iPad. I usually just kind of jot things down in my iPad. Yeah. To make everything digital. Right? There's a, a kind of the notepad section of my iPad that I'm, I don't know if you're familiar with an iPad, but you can kind of, yes. you can kind of, that's where I stick stuff. I keep it simple, but, but everybody could do what best for them. Some people maybe want to write um, mm. or some people want to type, um, whatever mm. works for them in journaling. And some people just want to talk. So you just talk it out loud <laughs> and that's okay too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Or just record your voice or something and listen to it back later as a voice message or voice notes or something. Yes. Right. Many people have done, and I've done that too. Actually, I did that for a period of time. I, I kind of talked my, my affirmations out loud and then I would play them back like while I'm driving in my car so I could hear them. Mm-hmm. I haven't done it recently, but no, you can you kind of experiment with what you do and, and kind of change it up from time to time. So for people out there who would love to work with you, you know, you have this um, one-on-one coaching service that you offer on your, I found it on your website, um, silentteachers.com. And for people that would love to connect with you or would love to work with you, what's the best way of reaching out to you personally, to, you know, to ask for more questions or to, you know, just work with you? Sure. Um, really just coming to my website, silenceteaches.com. Um, mm. You'll find, they'll find me there. I have a contact page. So if they have any questions, they can simply f- go to the contact section of the website and, and send me whatever the question is. I, I read it every day when I get it and they'll get a pretty quick response. Um, 
in some instances, the question was deep enough that we I, we actually land on a Zoom call. So from time to time, I end up on a Zoom call with people because sometimes that's that's more helpful. And then the other thing I'll say is I have a, if they subscribe to my site, there's a free ebook on Center in Prayer. If they just want to learn more about it, it's a very short, like 10, 12 page PDF that talks about Center in Prayer. And then if they're more curious, the book is on my website. And then for those that want the help or, or think they need the help, I, I do offer coaching um, regarding centering prayer. Um, and I tend to help three different people is what I've noticed over time is people that are brand new and just need help with beginning a practice and don't think it's something they can start on their own. And then the second group of people tends to be they're, they're practicing, but they want to add a second sit. They want to go deeper in their practice. They want to talk, discover more of their true self and really connect to it. And then the third type of person that, that I encounter is pastors and priests that realize they're taking care of everybody except themselves and they need help with their own self-care. So they'll come to me with help me take better care of myself or I'm going to burn out and be of no use to the people I'm supposed to be helping. So um, those types of people, if you're any one of those categories that I, I tend, I've noticed over time, that three different types of clients I end up helping. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. So I, I encourage everyone who's interested to get across to Rich. I'll place the link in the show notes for, of this episode. So anyone who's interested could just copy it or click on the link and get across. And also there's, there's the link to your book also in your, on your website. So anyone who wants to buy the book could also click on the link and land on the Amazon page and order the book. It's available in e-book and also as um, paperback in any form that you, you love to, to read it. So I encourage you to, to must read for, for everyone. So, um, as a closing remark and as a last question, I would love you, you to, you know, maybe reflect back like to your 10-year or 15-year younger self. What lessons have you learned so far in life or what lessons have you learned so far in life that you would love to tell your younger self? I, I would say um, trust trust myself. But it's really more of a part. I, I guess the biggest lesson really for me is, is Trust, really trust God. And then that I'm, I, I think of it as I sit with God and then I walk with God. And I, and I really wasn't doing that 10 to 15 years ago. I wasn't really trusting myself. I wasn't trusting God. I wasn't partnering with God. So Centering Prayer really has taught me to trust God and partner with God and then just move forward. I don't need to know the next step. So if there's something I want to do. I don't need to be scared about doing it. I simply need to know what is the next step and take that step. And then as you keep moving forward, the path becomes clearer and clearer. Mm, wow, but if you don't take any steps, nothing happens. And, and, and probably that's what I was doing more so was I had all these things I was thinking I would love to do and I wasn't doing them and I wasn't trusting myself and, and I was scared to take the first step. Wow. That is trust God, trust yourself and take action. Right. That's what I learned from that. Right. right. Wow. Thank you so much, Rich. I really appreciate everything I've been able to learn from you today about centering prayer and also with the closing remark. So that's like what I'm going to go back and reflect on right now. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Great. No, thanks for having me on. I enjoyed it very much. Wow. You made it to the very end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I'm grateful for your time, your love, and your contributions. Subscribe, like, review, and share this podcast. God bless you. Bye.